Hey, this is Darren, and once again, we're doing the best of Southern Gospel News Podcast. By the way, great new shows will come on board August 7th, so it gives us another little bit about a half, two weeks to prepare for you some great shows. But until then, we're going to go back today and grab an episode from June 15th, 2018, where we talk to the great Lionel Harris. I mean, great information, great podcast, great interview. And uh, here's Lionel, and we'll see you August 7th. And hey, thanks for listening to the Southern Gospel News Podcast. Welcome to one of the most listened to music news podcasts in the world, SGNP, with your host, Darren Sutherland. Join us as we talk with industry leaders, artists, and entertainers about their faith, family, and careers. This is information you will not find anywhere else on radio, web, or in a magazine, but only firsthand on SGNP. I believe that God, in terms of his people, in terms of people generally, his creation, that he is as colorblind as it can be. And welcome to this week's SGNP. If you heard the tag as we started off and wondered, who was that man? that talked about how God didn't see color. Well, many of you have seen him sing the great song, Amen. You know, I could sing it because I know all the words right here. Amen, Amen. Or he sang the great duet with Sandy Patty or sings it by himself. I've just seen Jesus. That'll bring chills to you no matter where you're at. Lionel Harris, that's who that is. Today we're going to talk to Lionel Harris. And when we talk to Lionel Harris, the thing that Charlie and I sat here, our producer sat here and found out was he didn't talk about the people he knew. He didn't talk about winning Dove Awards, winning Singing News Fan Awards, winning Stellar Awards. He talked about just being able to see about Jesus. We live in a world right now of separation, folks. Whether you want to believe it or not, we live in a world of separation. Whether it's political separation, for every 10 people that loves Donald Trump, there's 10 people that hate him. For every 10 people that loved Barack Obama, there's 10 people that hate him. We need more people like Lionel Harris that blur the lines. Today we talked to Lionel Harris, and he's going to blur the lines, I promise you, and when you, the interview is over, here's the words I want you to key on. Key on as you're listening to this interview. Solidify. Think about that word right there. Solidify. And then think of this right here. I don't think he realizes who he is. I don't think he, he'll talk about everything from Billy Graham to Bill Gaither to all kind of folks. And uh, just a great, great interview. want to remind you folks that coming up, Jason Crabb's coming to Kia in Woodstock, Georgia. want you his free concert Sunday, July the 8th. want you to be a part of that. Also, you can always find out information on SGMP from our Facebook page, Southern Gospel News Podcast. The one thing about this podcast that I always want to get across to people is these artists put their pants on just like you did this morning. They have struggles. They have heartaches. They have fears. But they also have victories. And you talk to some of these gospel artists, and you think, man, they live the life. They're traveling. But you're not with them in the middle of the desert when the bus breaks down. 
You're not with them in the airport in Shreveport, Louisiana, and they miss their plane. You're not with them when they're doing a sound check for the 15th time and the monitor's not working and they can't hear the piano so they don't know if they're on pitch or not. But you know what? Pray for them. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with the guy who's going to blur the lines today. Lionel Harris on SGNP. Hey folks, Michael Booth here with the Booth Brothers. What's wrong with living right anyway? SGNP is brought to you by Tocoa Falls College in Tocoa Falls, Georgia. For more information on TFC, call 706-886-7299 or visit them online at tfc.edu. That's tfc.edu. Since 1907, TFC, glorifying God through seeking and developing leaders who will impact the world for Jesus Christ. And welcome back to SGNP. Darren Sutherland here and on the Kia Automotive Group Skype line. I think he's up in Louisville, Kentucky in his, in his adopted hometown. I'm not sure because he's a constant world traveler. If you look at his biography, he might be in the White House for all we know because he's been there a number of times. Mr. Lionel Harris. Mr. Harris, how are you doing this afternoon, my friend? I am doing great. And listen, I met my wife back at uh, Western Kentucky University many years ago now. And uh, when we started dating and really got serious about our relationship, she promised me, listen, man, she promised me, that woman promised me that we could move home. I thought she was talking about my hometown of Danville, Kentucky, but she's talking about Louisville. We've been here ever since. We're not going anywhere, okay? <laughs> well, you know what? Being being a musician and a and a traveling musician at that, you're you may not have the best airport in the world, but you're in the center of the country, so you can at least get most places within three hours on the east coast. Okay. Now come on, Dad. Don't don't mess with the airport, brother. It's all right. It's doing all right. You know you're right. Well, yeah, air-wise, I'm right in the center of the country. And I got to tell you, life-wise, being right in the center of God's will, yeah. I am doing just wonderful. Our family, uh, Mitzi and I, uh, this coming December the 19th, for all of you who are listening who send gifts, <laughs> our, our, our anniversary is December the 19th. There so you go. We're, yeah, but we're doing good. good. How many kids you got? We have two and three grandchildren. Man, we're past that kid thing. We got three grandchildren. That was my next question. We just always have to ask about the kids to get to the good part. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) We're loving watching them grow. And I have to tell you, we live less than five miles from each other. And uh, my son is an electrical engineer, has a master's degree in electrical engineering. He's working with a firm uh, about an hour from here. Yeah. Uh, my daughter is in finance. She's in banking and that, doing that kind of thing. And they could they could be swept up and moved across the country at any moment. But i got to tell you, we are enjoying uh, being right here together, our little tribe, Harris tribe, right here together. We lean on each other and help each other out and uh, have a great relationship. Uh, you know, God uh, laid on my heart many, many years ago. If you want to have some, if you want to have some uh, quality time uh, with your kids and with your wife, you know what you're going to have to have. God said to my heart, you're going to need some quantity, and we tried over the years to do just that in making our schedule such that we could have some time with them. And you know what? 
watching them grow up and being and seeing to the two young adults that we have loosed on this world and the relationship that I've watched some other families have, I am so glad that God laid that on me and Miss Mitzi years ago because mm-hmm. we have a wonderful, wonderful relationship with our Nice, kids. nice. It's great to hear. How did it all start for you? How, I mean, how did the music career all start? Man, I did my first concert when I was nine years old with a, with a lady in Danville, Kentucky named Miss Georgia Dunahy. I write about this in the book, mm-hmm. in the book Shape Notes, you know, how uh, all these people influenced my life. Miss Georgia uh, taught piano lessons to every kid in town, whether they wanted them or not. Boy, I... I at that time in my life, I hated that, but my mom wanted me to to be a part of that. But Miss Georgie found out that I could sing and uh, that I could carry a tune, and uh, she started teaching me all a lot of the old hymns and stuff like uh, the Lord's Prayer and all of that. And did first my first concert, nine years old. Miss Georgie playing the piano. I've got a picture of that. Uh, in a suit, in a gray suit with a little old Texas tie, <laughs> I call it. <laughs> and I got to tell you something, Darren. When I was singing, when I was singing in that concert, I thought, you know, tears would come to my eyes, and uh, there was something going on that I re- really didn't understand. And as I've gotten older and looked back on that, I know that that was God's spirit just uh, touching the heart of a little boy, really, uh, probably, most likely, giving him an inkling of, of how he was going to, how I was going to serve the Lord. <laughs> Larnell, you've been able, unlike a lot of singers and a lot of individuals, more so than any artist in Christian music, I would say, to transcend across lines. When we look at Christian music as a whole today, a lot of people will break it up. They'll say, here's black gospel. Here's contemporary. Here's southern gospel. Here's hymns. Here's this, that, and another. You've crossed all borders. How have you been able to do that? You know what? It's it's been a God thing. Uh, I I don't even I don't talk about uh, uh, race or anything in the concerts, and yet uh, we've I, I have found that over the years, uh, with the music that we have chosen to record. That uh, it is just uh, there are just people uh, uh, from all backgrounds and across all the lines who who seem to enjoy it and have come to it, come to hear the the, the message. I, you know, I believe that God, in terms of um, in terms of His people, in terms of people generally, that His creation, that He is as colorblind as it can be, out of sight of the beautiful roses and the flowers and trees that He created. And that he wants more than anything else in the world to be the center of life, whether regardless of, of color. Color is a color. That's what it is. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. It, yes. it has absolutely nothing to do. I read something a little while ago that said that uh, a guy did a I, – I, I can't call his name right now, but I'll, I'll find it um, – said that he did an experiment and the, the intellect – had to do with uh, with the various uh, pigments of the skin. There's nothing more ridiculous than that. Yeah. You know, Christ Christ died for us all, uh, and and give, has given each one of us the opportunity to put ourselves in the place where He can do His work in our hearts and our lives. Uh, uh, my friend Tony Evans says something, you know, and got us all to think in doing those Promise Keeper yeah. uh, meetings. That you know what. Uh, there are no black Christians. There are no white Christians. They're just Christians. 
they're no Spanish Christians. They're just Christians. That's right. Uh, and we all have an opportunity, you know, it's okay to, uh, to uh, be in a place of worship where you are comfortable. You know what? But as far as God's kids are concerned, we're all the same. No doubt. Who were some of the artists when you were coming along from that nine-year-old boy to the time you were in Western Kentucky, not only Christian artists, but secular artists that you looked at and you said, man, they can sing. Or if we got in your car or walked in your dorm room and was listening at your, I mean, were you listening to the temptations? Who were you listening to at that time? And what were you emulating? Yeah, I was listening to Ray Charles and I was listening to James Brown and and yet I was also listening to Pavarotti, and I was listening to uh, 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 folks that sang, uh, uh, you know, the Fred Waring folks. I, w- I was listening to Perry Como, you know, just a plethora, just all across the board. Uh, what 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 I was struck with more than anything was the ability of the singer to take to take a lyric and and regardless of the the quality of the voice. Now you're going to have to sing. You have to be able to sing, okay? Right. But but how they made you a part of the song, how they how they wrapped that lyric around your around your person, how it seemed as though they were not singing something they didn't know about. They were singing about something they knew about. Uh, and and so I listened across the board, and then when I went to college, I'm singing French chanson <laughs> and German <laughs> and German leader and Elizabethan love songs and Italian and German. You know, when I got to college, I went to college on a, on a scholarship, full full ride scholarship. Nice, nice. And I got to college, and the first thing my voice teacher, who was named Ohm Pauli, Doctor Ohm Pauli, he started talking to me about a senior recital. Well, wait a minute, I just got here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so the senior recital, and we started preparing for that. Uh, day one, and in that recital, I had to sing uh, uh, in every uh, Italian and German and French, and uh, and so I uh, I started listening and 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 preparing for that, and in doing so, fell in love with all this wonderful music. Right. And uh, but I used to sit at the piano when I was a little kid. With we, mom had an old upright piano. And I'd put on those dark glasses because I'd seen Ray Charles saying, Kevin, what did I say? You know what I mean? And I'd sit <laughs> yes, back and forth. I'd sit back and forth and rock at that piano like old Ray would do, you know, uh, 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 banging on that old piano. Had no idea at that point what, what God was going to do in my life. Uh, but uh, you know what? Uh, I, I've listened to a little bit of everything and like a little bit of everything. And I hope that when when I sing a song, my my goal is that it that I want to take this lyric and wrap it around your heart, because just me saying it is it is not enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, lyrics need uh, uh, lyrics need weight. It needs weight, and the weight comes from the Holy Spirit. And if I sing to the Lord, He adds the weight, and 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 that lyric now becomes something that is usable in your heart. Lionel, question for you. Jason Crabb brought this up to me one time, and I'll ask you the same question since we're talking about secular artists. He said he's had the opportunity at the Grand Ole Opry in different places to sing songs with secular artists, and they're usually gospel songs or inspirational songs. But after they sing, these individuals come up to him, 
and they almost view him as a pastor slash role model and tell him about their upbringing and, and, and their childhood of singing in churches. Or Have you ever sung with a secular artist like that who, after the song was over, they looked at you and said, man, I appreciate that. I remember this from when I was a kid. I remember blah, 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 anything like that. Oh, sure. I remember when I first started, um, I, I was in a, I was in a, uh, really a rock group. It was a, a group called the First Gear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what we basically, you know, our basic audience was high school, high school kids. We would go in and do, uh, 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 concerts, um, assembly programs in the in the schools. In the summer, we couldn't do that, mm-hmm. you know, because the schools were closed. And but we had guys in the group that were married. I wasn't at that time, but were married and and, and had to make a living all through the year. Mm-hmm. So we started playing clubs, and uh, the clubs gave us gave us the opportunity to to sit still, and and we were we were writing music and and doing all of that, and 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 so it gave us an opportunity opportunity to sit still. When we would play in the clubs at night, the waitresses and the waiters and the bartenders and many of the people who were in that club would come up and say, okay, so who are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's going on here? Now, they would, they, they'd get a beer, okay, and they'd sit or a drink, whatever they were drinking, and they would sit at the table and they would they would sit there all night and listen to the band because man we were we worked at it we were good we were we were good musicians or great musicians in that group but those people knew that there was something different about us mm-hmm. and they would say okay so okay who are you what what, what are you doing in here <laughs> yeah and we had an opportunity at that point to tell them about the Lord Jesus. Now that didn't last for me. It was it was a dark place for me, and I needed to get out of there, and I did. Uh, but you know what? Yes, uh, the, the, that that should not be surprising, because God is constantly trying to get us on a. Uh, a non-temporal plane and an, and and, and uh, a, a heavenly plane. There's there's a, there's another plane, and he wants us to 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 learn to operate in that. That's going to be the that's going to be the language and the way of heaven. And it, it is it it is it is not surprising that as he works with us here on earth and and continues to grow us, those of us who will allow that, that that comes out of our DNA. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's you go in a hotel room, they can go in there with uh, with certain chemicals and instruments and tell you how long you stayed there. Yeah. You're going to leave something, you know. You're going to leave hair. You're going to leave something. You know what? Praise the Lord that 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 uh, that happens to Jason because you know it's coming out of his DNA. Right. They're singing. The words are the same. Right. The, wor- the words are the same. There's, everybody's singing the words. Uh, the, some of the songs that we learned as kids, and you know that's that. But there's there's something past the words. It's the weight of the spirit, and 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 I'm happy about that because it it continually um, begs people to ask questions about their faith. Listen, I'm talking to a guy right now. Uh, I talked to him last night. Mm-hmm. He was talking about suicide. You know what? He had had uh, what did he say? Six margaritas. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> that probably do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I said, I said, Darren. Yeah. You don't make any decisions when you're like this. Get out of that place. Go to your hotel. 
late and, and and in the morning I want you to pick up a Bible. I know it's there. The Gideons put it there. I want you to pick up that Bible and and you you need to understand the difference between earning points and grace. I want you to you I want you, it's only five I think it's five chapters, six chapters of Galatians. I want you to start reading that where Paul is talking about the difference between works and grace. Yeah. And uh, and he asked me, listen, I've I've known Darren for for uh, a number of months now, but he asked me. <laughs> nice. He, he asked me because that stuff comes out of your DNA. You know what? The Lord puts us in positions that we never dreamed that He would put us in. When you're singing, when was the time that you realized you looked around the room and said, "Lord, I can't believe I'm in this place." But thank you for putting me here. Was it the first time you went to the White House? Was it the first time you sang in a major arena? When is the first time you can remember that? Oh boy, I remember. Uh, I believe that's been part of part of uh, uh, who who God has made made me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, I was auditioning for a group called the Spurlows and. Uh, and uh, I had decided I was just about to graduate from college, and I had, and I was just, you know, Mitzi and I—that's my wife now, yeah. Cynthia—we we had planned to get married. We weren't going to do it right out of school. Mm-hmm. You know, she was going to teach school in a certain part of Kentucky, and I was going to another part because we needed to separate. We already knew that, but I would, but I, but I, so I, 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 I almost didn't go to this rehearsal camp, but I did go, and when I got there. I thought that I was uh, there to audition for a group. What I was there for was to meet this old boy named Stan Morris, who was a jazz a trombone player. Uh, I think he won the Ted Mac, Ted Mac Amateur Hour or yeah. something years ago. And Stan was a solid believer. And he asked me, because that's what this group was about. It was about giving testimonies and all that. And when I heard them give their testimonies, I told Stan, I said, you know what? I don't know anything about that, you know, for sure. I haven't had those experiences. I, I, I don't believe. And so Stan said, he asked me the most pointed question I've ever been asked. You say you're a Christian. What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. And I started telling him all of those things that I had learned in that Pentecostal Holiness Church and in that Baptist Church. And I could tell from listening, from watching his eyes as I spoke that he wasn't buying it. And he said, can you remember a time when you asked Christ to come into your heart? And uh, I said, you know, I can't. I, I can't. I, I don't remember exactly that. Now, I know I must have. I joined church when I was, when I was a young, young boy. Yeah. Okay. And I know my pastor back then, he was a pastor of our church for 35 years. This guy was solid. And mm-hmm. I knew that somehow I either missed it or something. But I didn't miss it at that time. And it was time for me to, uh, which was also brought out in the conversation, not to go on the faith of my parents anymore. Mm-hmm. Not to go on the faith of the of the folks and friends that were back there in that church, but it was now time for me to get my own. God had protected me through that, uh, that uh, the going forward, and and up to this time, and he was he had his hand on my heart and on my life. But it was time for me to acknowledge him for myself as 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 um, uh, and ask him into my heart, and I did that. 
as a after graduating from college, having joined church when I was twelve, <laughs> and, and so and so the, that that was I, I I God put me in a situation, and I thought I was going there for one thing, but it ended up being something else. After that, I, it wasn't a big deal to be in the group or not. The big deal was that I had finally settled this with. God, yeah. that I had received his son into my heart, and and now I'm on a path to growth, and uh, um, as opposed to saying, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm here to audition to be a group, and you know, I was going to be a drummer, that's, that's, that's how I auditioned, I did not audition as a singer, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, uh, and, and, and I'm saying, you know, now, gee, I have got someone else to consult about the rest of my life. Nice. It is not just what I want to do. It is not just what I've planned. I mean, I think you have to have plans. I mean, it's awfully, it's, it's so much better to edit than it is to create. You yes, know what I'm no doubt. But I, but, but boy, that was the basis. That was, that, that meeting with Stan, Stan's still living. I, I went and looked him up. Um, <laughs> that, that is, the, the, my, my faith is the basis for everything that I am. It was the most important decision in my life, even as a 12-year-old, even as a 12-year-old. Wow. And now it's solidified. And now I, I have to consult. I have someone else who is out there who is guiding, who is, who is guiding my steps, who I trust, who I love, and, 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 and hopefully who I'm going to serve for the rest of my life. I like the word you use there, solidified. It was solidified. That's that's huge. I'm gonna mention a few names to you, and I want the I want you to just the first thing that comes to your head when I mention these names. That can, Fair, that can be very dangerous. I know, you know it that. can. I know it can. Just so if you if you if you've ever wanted to just tell something on somebody, just say I did it on this podcast. I didn't realize okay. ninety thousand people were listening, but you know, hey, yeah. What's the deal? What's the deal? Go ahead, David Phelps. Super talented. Bill Gaither. America's Minister of Music. Sandy Patty. Talented singer and wonderful friend. And the late Reverend Dr. Billy Graham. A true friend um, to the world. I wrote uh, when he passed away. Uh, many of us were asked to write a little something uh, about him, and uh, you know, I did. I, I was privileged to do a number of those crusades and and to be around and to be around those three guys. Okay, mm-hmm. and and I wrote this for the little piece that I was asked asked about. Mm-hmm. Billy Graham is is a friend to the world. He told the world the truth, and when you tell the world the truth, you are indeed his. You are indeed a friend, um, regardless. Because Billy told us the truth, regardless of what we did with it, and he loved us anyway. And um, boy, what I, I uh, had an opportunity to. Uh, be at the, his memorial service, uh, m- m- memorial service, as I was with with Cliff Cliff mm-hmm. Barrows, 
I got home after being at Cliff's uh, memorial yeah. service, and there was an email address that I hadn't used in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And and there was another email from Cliff. Nice. He 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 continually encouraged, and though he was in failing health. Uh, he was still ministering. He was still sharing and still encouraging. He, and it, it was nothing for him to send a letter, a note saying, "Oh, I heard, I heard this song. I heard that song. I heard you and Sandy singing. I've just seen Jesus, and what a blessing!" You know what? Uh, those are great men, and it, what an honor it was to be a part of that. You know, any time I'm doing interviews, and I get to to ask somebody about Billy, Dr. Graham, as it will, because I never met the man personally. And when I get to talk to people who was his personal friend, sometimes I have the tendency to turn the whole interview and start asking about Billy. So I'm going to ask you one more question about the, the Reverend Dr. Billy Graham, if I could, if you, if you would be so kind to a- answer. What made him, um, how do I put this? We've got millions of great preachers in this world, but what made him different? What made him stand out? You know, we have, we have, as you say, many, many great preachers, and God bless everyone, and they, they keep us going and help us clean house spiritually, uh, and I've had that happen, you know, on many occasions. To me, uh, and I I wasn't a bosom buddy. I mean, I was on the platform and and uh, and and all that. But I have to tell you, um, I it was as though he had no idea who he was. When he would come in, and this is my perception, but when he would come in, of course, we would always be on the platform if if we were invited invited to sing that night and. And he would come in, 50,000 people or however many people that were in the, in the place would stand up. He would continue on to the platform, shake everybody's hand and give a, a short greeting and, and many times. And then, I, you know, I would see him start to clap as though he's trying to figure out who they're clapping for. <laughs> <laughs> That's my perception of, of Dr. Graham. And it was it, it it was as though I kept saying, This guy doesn't know who he is and and when I took my um Mitzi and I were invited to give her testimony and and we took her mother, Miss Sloan, and she had the opportunity to meet him and the team and and for for time after time after that he would ask me, "How's Mrs. Sloan? Mm. How is how is Mrs. Sloan?" Wow. You know, um, uh, and I, I I've talked to the guys on the uh, security team, mm-hmm. and they say they said this. They said, "You know, ninety percent, ninety five percent of the people who see uh, Dr. Graham know who he is, mm-hmm. and the other five percent they don't know who he is." But they know he's somebody. Wow. And and to me, uh, uh, he he was just God's somebody. You know, he was um, uh, a great example of what it was like to honor God in every way that he knew. Wow. Well, your book's a bestseller on the New York Times list. I can tell just 
from the title, Shape Notes, How Ordinary People with Extraordinary Gifts Influence Life and Career. And no doubt you've met some of those just in our conversation today and what you've told us about Dr. Graham, your music teachers, so many folks. Lionel, tell, tell folks what they should expect when they read your book. There's a picture I saw in uh, in a magazine once. I looked it up on the Internet uh, not too long ago. It is a picture of a uh, turtle on a fence post. <laughs> okay. First time I saw that, I, I just kind of chuckled, and I, I just kept going. But then I went back, and I saw what the uh, photographer wanted me to see. Mm-hmm. That turtle didn't get up there by itself. Yeah. You know what? None of us do anything alone. There are always people who are back there who who were mentors. Some call them Elmers. They like Miss Georgia. She didn't want a thing. In fact, she used to get on my last nerve to tell the truth. But she went to my mother <laughs> one time and said, "You should not let Larnell." Once she found out I could carry tunes, she went back. She said, "Ida May." my mama's name she said you know you should not let larnell play any sports in the dust because the dust will hurt his voice now what nine ten year old boy wants to hear anybody (laughs) say anything like that but you know as i've gotten older and this is the crux of the matter i hope that every city every parish every town has a miss georgie someone who who in many instances speak life into young kids and older kids alike who, do, who, who, who doesn't want a thing and God has placed them in their life for a short time. And that is, that's the crux of the book. That's what I want you to get. And uh, um, uh, there are stories in there about our home life. You will be, those of you listening, you will be surprised at where I grew up and and uh, uh, you you will hopefully understand that God brings victory to life. Sometimes He breaks cycles. Yeah. Some call them curses. Okay. Well, you know, I'm, I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop you on the curse right there for just a second, because I read doing a little background on you. I read where you were the treasurer of your church at one time, so that might have been a curse. <laughs> I'm saying nothing to that. Not one word. <laughs> However, you have lived till you've been the treasurer and been a Baptist church. You have lived till you've done that. But you know what? That, I just pray that people will will go out and understand that their testimony and their involvement in the lives of others is a God thing. Yeah. And to continue to do that. Well, my friend, thank you for telling us about yourself. Thank you for sharing your extraordinary gift with the world. Thank you for what you said about race. You know, I don't think enough people say that this day. But, you know, you've won stellar awards. You've won dub awards. You've won singing news awards. And just from my perspective as a 48-year-old man growing up in this country, you've crossed barriers that a lot of people are scared of. And you sing to audiences, and it's like you and Sandy sing. I've just seen Jesus, and you've thrilled hearts. And I want to thank you for your time today, my friend. Well, Darren, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, this is Darren, and I'm here for my buddy Mike Lindell. 
in my pillow. That's right, my pillow. I got to tell you a little secret, and this is a true story. The other day I'm laying in the bed, I looked at Mary and I said, I'm going to get me some new pillows today. She said, what do you need with new pillows? You've got them. I said, I got one that's decent. And I didn't know which one it was. I mean, I knew which one it was, and I pulled the cover off of it, and it was my only my pillow. The rest of them were these ones that we bought from TJ Maxx or Target or Walmart or somewhere that just had worn out their welcome. And you know what, guys? I feel like I needed new pillows. And she said, well, why don't you call my pillow because you like the one you got there and tell them what you're looking for and they'll help you out. You know what I called and guess what? They helped me out. They asked me what size I was. They asked me how I slept. Did I sleep on my back or on my side or on my stomach? What felt right? Feathers or, you know, blah, 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 foam. They asked me all these questions. More questions than I ever dreamed about a pillow and I got my new my pillow in the mail, and I've slept right. You want that ch- change in your life? It's real simple. 1-800-338-2330. 1-800-338-2330. Use the code word SGNP. That's right, the code word SGNP. And tell them you heard about this special offer. And when you use that code, you'll get a great discount from the folks at MyPillow. I use MyPillow. You should too. 1-800-338-2330. Use the code SGNP. MyPillow, the official pillow and sleep provider of Southern Gospel News Podcast. Wow. Lionel Harris, great, great interview, great, great stories. As I sit and I think about it, I took some notes as I was doing the interview. And the thing that stood out to me, Charlie, and it really stood out to me, was he solidified his relationship with Christ and solidified who he was. And that that was huge. And it wasn't his mom and dad that got him there. It was he that had to get him there. And the next thing that he talked about that was outside, and and I want to know if Charlie's our producer, and he sits in here with us. But he said this about Dr. Graham. It was as if he had no idea of who he was. I don't think Larnell has any idea of who he is, in in a sense, because in in a, in a Christian music world where churches today break up over what kind of songbooks they use, you know this. He sings out of the church hymnal. He sings out of the black gospel hymnal. He sings out of the Baptist hymnal. He sings out of the what Broadman's hymnal. He sings songs out of all of them, Charlie. You're a musician. What do you think? You know, that's the very thing that, that I picked up on is, is, and I've always known this about Larnell. He crosses all the barriers, and the reason he does is because he doesn't see it as a barrier. Yeah. He, and he, he doesn't. Man, what a, what, a great, what a great interview. Share this with folks. Share this with all your family and friends. Great interview with Lionel Harris. Thanks again for listening to the Best of Southern Gospel News Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Lionel. And I always mess his name up for some reason. I say Lionel, Lionel, Larnell, whatever. Mr. Harris, great gospel music star, great name, and a great future with gospel music. And not that he needs a future. He is, uh, he is a Hall of Famer. Hey, it's that simple. Hey, thanks for listening. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and all the social media stuff. And Arthur will be back with me next week as we introduce another Best of Series on SGNP. SGNP is excited you chose to listen today. 
If you'd kindly leave a remark and rating in the podcast remarks section, we surely would appreciate it. Please share with a friend or family member. Look for us on Facebook, Twitter, and our new website, southerngospelnewspodcast.com. 